Alright, three, two, one, and we are live. Welcome to the second episode of War Hippies in the AM. Yeah, what up, yo? Fucking AM. Yeah, we were just talking about fucking movies, pivotal movies that are must-sees. Yeah, because <coughs> I really haven't seen... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> we, yeah, just, we were just on the, just smoking on the marijuanas. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just checking checking the volume signal. Yeah, we're good. But I really haven't seen a lot of important movies. Like, in, I don't even know how I would describe that set of movies. Like, how would you describe um, those movies we were talking about? I I would call these. You know, this is from uh, self proclaimed movie fucking master. That I've, me and my father, my father put me on to it because my father is a, a movie enthusiast as well. So he just got me into great movies as a kid, and uh, I call these films like essential films. Essential films, like movies that like every fucking person must see. So can can you name a few just so people can know like exactly what kind yeah, of essential so, ones we're talking so about? So essential, we're talking about like. Like so, so, so. Uh, some older ones would be like Cool Hand Luke with Paul Newman, um, Goodfellas. You know, fucking uh, anything Martin Scorsese really. Goodfellas, Casino, fucking uh, some more of his modern shit too. Like uh, The Departed. That's another like must see. Um, a few of Christopher Nolan's movies. Like, if, if you're into comic book shit at all, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy is, like, the essential Batman. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, a couple other films we were just talking about that uh, Zach's gonna watch pretty much ASAP is uh, The Matrix, the first Matrix. You know, I, I told him, you know, you can give or take the second or third, but they, they're, I like them. I like them a lot. I like the whole trilogy. But uh, the first Matrix is, like, essential um fucking fight club yeah that's another essential one and then i would say last but certainly not least one of the mo- the only movies that i consider a perfect movie is uh pulp fiction tarantino really? yeah i've i've seen a couple of tarantino movies yeah yeah so for tarantino you know i would honestly just go through his whole catalog you know i mean even though his uh I, I go against the popular opinion of his newest one. I thought that was shitty. I, I wasn't. I saw that one. I wasn't yeah, a huge fan of one, it. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I thought it was pretty shitty. But uh, Tarantino has several films in his lineup that go into that essential category. Pulp Fiction being like... Uh, I would have to say Pulp Fiction might arguably be my number one favorite movie of all sure. time. Like, ever. Yeah, Tarantino films, I've seen... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, seen Hateful Eight, I've seen Django. Um, yeah, Hateful Eight and Django are dope. That's like I. That's kind of where I start. Is yeah. like his newer aged movies. Um, so and so some other Tarantino ones you'd want to see are uh, his first one is Reservoir Dogs. That's a classic. Yeah. Um, I read about that film. I was <laughs> yeah. going to film school for a little while and then yeah, yeah. wrote a paper on that movie. I never watched it, but like... No, that one's dope. Wrote, like, I think the assignment was, 
we had to watch a scene from it, and yeah. then we had to like write <clears throat> a couple of paragraphs about about the scene, answer a few specific questions. I don't remember what they were, but yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, fucking yeah. No, that's a that's an essential, and uh, I would say Kill Bill, mm-hmm. uh, especially Volume One. You know, Volume Two people have their mixed reviews with, but I I dig it because it, I think it's a good movie. But uh, yeah, Kill Bill for sure. Um, another one too, Jackie Brown. That's a fucking great movie. That's not as well known. Like that's not as popular yeah. as like Pulp Fiction or Kill Bill per se. And then another one that not a lot of people know about that is one of my favorite movies is uh, a movie that he wrote, but because he was currently working on Pulp Fiction, he had to give it to one of his buddies to direct, so he didn't direct it, but it's his script. So mm-hmm. the director that did it, I, I his name is slipping me right now, but it was one of his buddies, so he did it you know, pretty close to the style, and... Uh, he did a great job. It's a movie called True Romance. Hmm. And that's uh I've never heard of that one. It's an amazing movie. It sorta it sorta almost takes after like like uh if you've ever seen there's another fucked up movie. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it essential, but it, it's a movie that if you want to watch some fucked up David Lynch shit, this movie oh, I love uh, David Lynch. Wild at Heart with Nicolas Cage. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a fucked up movie, but, uh, it's sort of, it's kind of like Tarantino's version of that, but not quite as, like, a little bit more, like, Tarantino-y, not, not quite as, like, all tripped out and yeah. fucked up. I read David Lynch's autobiography, and it, it was incredible. Yeah. And how it worked, it was really cool the way they did it. They had, like, an autobiographer, like, somebody who would write about David Lynch. So she would write a chapter about David Lynch. At a certain point in his life. And I mean, it starts from the time he was a little boy to up until he is now. And she would write uh, a chapter about him. And then David Lynch would read that chapter. And then he would respond to it saying, like, that this isn't necessarily true. That didn't happen like this. It was more like this. That sort of thing. But pretty much just commenting on it. And thankfully, the David Lynch chapters were longer then yeah and there's like i mean there's so much shit in there like you you don't realize i didn't i never truly realized how complex of a human being david lynch is until i read his autobiography he seems yeah i have a copy of it i'll let you borrow (coughs) it but he seems like the kind of guy whereas if if he was a kid in the public school system, right now, they would probably think he was, like, a fucking retard or something. they probably yeah. put him in special ed classes, like, this guy's not normal. Yeah. Like, I, ju- I just think about that, and it's, he wasn't all, he didn't really become David Lynch until he was, like, 13 years old. Yeah. And it, it all started with drawing. He just drew things, and then eventually yeah. he started making short films. Uh, David Lynch has this one short film that um, is one of my favorite short films. It's called The Alphabet. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen that. That one's... It's super fucking trippy. It's... it's I, w- I won't, like, give, give it away, but... Yeah. If, if you're out there listening to this right now, look up The Alphabet. 
by David Lynch. It's one of those things where you you'll just have to watch it. I can't yeah. I can't explain it to you because I really don't know what the fuck happened in it. Yeah. Um. He's got this other one, uh, called Rabbits. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, I've heard of that. I think I saw that a while ago. I can't really like, because like I said, some of his shit is so tripped out where it's like you don't even really remember. Rabbits is hard to watch. Um. I found out about it from my cousin, who um was watching rabbits and he sent me a screenshot and he's like David Lynch and this was the first time I ever found out about David Lynch was through my cousin he's like yeah. watch, watch rabbits David Lynch so then I was with my other cousin at the time and I was like do you know about rabbits by David Lynch and then he started explaining it to me yeah and it, it was like almost midnight at the time and we were working on a short film so we took a break from making the short film. I remember yeah. I remember the night specifically because we went out and we needed to get stuff from the grocery store to make fake blood. So we got back and then we watched it. Yeah. And I yeah, I remember it just fucking blew my mind. And like it's hard to watch because it's creepy. Yeah. I think the creepiest part about it was the off kilter laugh track yeah. that was on there. Where, like, one of the... Basically, it was in a living room. And it was these three rabbits, but they were dressed in human clothes. And they were in, like, a human living room and acting like humans and that kind of stuff. But their voices were really monotone. And they would say, like, something that wasn't funny at all. Like, yeah, what time is it? And then the laugh track would go off. Yeah. It was meant to make fun of sitcoms. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's... It's like fucking creepy. Yeah, yeah. I remember I saw that. That was crazy. And then I watched the original Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, I think the first season was a lot better than the second one was. I think the second one... Second one was very good, but like... Got yeah. very confusing towards the second season. Yes, yeah, so like how how I got introduced to him was my older brother put me onto that movie I just mentioned, and that, and that one's pretty hard to find too. Wild at heart, that and mm -hmm. that's because uh, another actor that I love is in that Willem Dafoe, and he plays a great role in that movie. He plays this fucked up dude, and then another fucked up movie with another great actor who's since passed away, Dennis Hopper. Um fucking as uh blue velvet yep i saw yeah, that one and that uh that's one of those movies i feel like i could literally explain that movie like from front to back and still wouldn't spoil anything because that's like it's one of those fucking movies like once again yeah you watch it and you're like i'm not even sure what i just saw yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. and but yeah i'll definitely let you borrow that autobiography because it's such an insane <clears throat> insight into his fucking head. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, no, there's there's certain dudes where it's like... Okay, so this yeah. guy rides yeah, his yeah. bike by my house every day. And he has a speaker. And you always just hear him ride yeah, right by. Yeah, right And it's always some different shit, too. Like, he's either listening to hip-hop or something completely different from that. Yeah. Yeah, fucking, uh... Yeah, no, dude, I've been, I've been watching fucking essential movies all my fucking life. So, yeah, no, I'll definitely have to, like... 
pass on a serious list. Oh, yeah. Because I really haven't seen most of those movies. Yeah, and they, and they really... Uh, Netflix does a good job at, like, cycling those kind of movies through, too. So, like, they'll usually put on, like, a whole group. Like, they like I think they even have, like, a cat, uh, category of, like, award-winning films and shit Pretty like that. You know, yeah, like... Yeah, no, there's a lot of fucking good ones, man. There's fucking... Yeah, there's, there's like... There's, like, too many to even go into. Because I've, I've always been more into music like that than movies like that. Because yeah. I always watch more, like, independent movies when I do sit down to watch a movie. Yeah. Which really isn't often. But, yeah, I, I really want to get into um, watching more of those kinds of movies, and I want to start writing scripts again. Yeah. No, especially, yeah, if you're gonna, if you want to get into any kind of filmmaking, yeah, there's, you know, there's certain films and certain directors that you just, you gotta, you gotta study what they're doing, because, uh, yeah, now these, these movies, that's like the key to good shit, you know, like you're just watching some of these fucking movies and you're like, Jesus Christ, this is like... This is so good. You know, and even certain actors, too. You know, dudes like De Niro and Pacino and fucking... You know, these guys have just been in, like... Just countless fucking amazing pieces of just, like, art. Yeah. I think that Netflix is really stepping up their original films. Because I've seen a couple that have actually been, like, really good. Yeah, I I watched one recently that was on there, uh, The Devil All the Time. I saw that one. I, yeah. I was thinking about watching that one. No, that shit's pretty good. Uh, and fucking, there's some good actors. There's uh, Pennywise is in it. Uh, fucking Bill, Bill Skarsgård. Skarsgård uh, yeah. Then Spider-Man, Tom Holland's in it. And then you got uh, Robert Pattinson in there, too. And they all play uh, fucking good roles. Uh, it's a pretty fucking dark movie, too. Robert Pattinson's been in a lot of shit lately. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, I feel like he's trying to like really break away from that twilight that stigma of yeah. twilight because because he's been in a lot of shit and he's been doing a, a really good job in a lot of shit because i know that like even back when he was doing twilight in interviews he was saying i don't, I don't want to do this i don't want to be doing this yeah yeah no it's uh and this dude showing now that he's like uh a pretty serious actor yeah no so i'm thinking this dude uh i'm thinking robert Pattinson has like uh He's gonna have like sort of a DiCaprio moment because that's yeah. sort of like back in the day, like DiCaprio was sort of like the little fucking bitch ass kid, you know, in the Titanic and all these other like kind of stupid movies. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, no, then he had a few fucking key roles. Like he he had, he was in the Gangs of New York, which is one that's another essential uh, that you'll have to watch. And then uh, another one that's on. Netflix right now. I think they're both on Netflix because this is one of the greatest actors. He's currently he claims he's retired. Daniel yeah. Day Lewis. This dude is amazing. Fucking uh, <clears throat> yeah, he was in Gangs of New York, which is Scorsese, and then I can't remember who directed this one, but he's in uh There Will Be Blood, and that's another fucking essential ass movie. That's uh, I think they still are running it on Netflix right now fucking uh but yeah back to DiCaprio though yeah he was in Gangs of New York which was his first like I think collaboration with Scorsese and and he Mm -hmm. was pretty good in that like 
he showed his potential of like being a real motherfucker. But in that one, Daniel Day Lewis just sort of just takes over the whole Took movie. The Cause, yeah, yeah, he's just so good in that movie as uh, Bill the Butcher that where he just like he just takes it over. And what's that one called? Uh, Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out. Yeah, the Gangs of New York and There Will Be Blood is a movie that's also starring Daniel Day Lewis. Um, that he's he's a oil driller, but he's like, basically like without giving anything away, he's just a fucking asshole. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> and this movie just shows just how he he goes about just fucking people over to get you know, get to the top and shit like but it's a, it's a fucking crazy ass movie though. Now what about like T V shows? T V shows literally so this is the show that I tell everyone they must watch. It has a it's like one of the only shows that has like a permanent thing on Netflix. They like won't take it off. Yeah. The one I have tattooed on my fucking arm. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yep, I watched I watched that. Yeah, Breaking Bad is like the best television series that has ever been. I and in my personal opinion, it's just one of my favorite stories ever told, period. Like and that goes for movies, books, T V, everything. You fucking... know back in when when I was in high school I used to go to the Connecticut Forum. And I saw uh, Vince Gilligan. Yeah. Um, this was right after Breaking Bad ended. And I didn't actually watch Breaking Bad until like a year and a half ago. Yeah. So I really wish that I would have... Because at that time I hadn't seen yeah, any see, of it. Yeah, no, see, like I didn't get into it until uh, it was almost in the final season. Like Because the, the, the final season got split into like two parts. There's season, yeah. they call it season 5A and 5B. And uh, I didn't get into it until like right after season four had ended. And mm-hmm. then they, uh, this was like, yeah, I don't even have Netflix yet. I don't think I fucking like DVR'd it. Because the one channel was like running it all the way through. Yeah. Because they're like, because it was a big thing, the final season premiering, you know, we we're going to run the whole series and so you can fucking catch up. And uh, I, I, I'll, I'll just never forget the experience of watching that fucking show because, you know, I'm almost grateful for the fact that I, I was able to binge it because there's certain fucking cliffhangers and shit on that show where I'm like, dude, if I had to wait a whole week to see the next episode of that, like, I don't know if I would be able to fucking take it. Like, that was... <laughs> That, that was one of the best, that is, it still is the best show that's ever fucking, that's ever been put out, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah are there any other TV shows that... Yeah, yeah, there's there? a couple others. The, the Close Second, which some would, people argue between these two, which is better, and it's honestly just a personal preference thing, because quality-wise, they're both just as good, but the next one would be The Sopranos. Yeah. Sopranos is, is a fucking must that's uh that's an incredible series with the late James Gandolfini among many other great actors that's uh yeah no if like I said if you're into any of those other essential movies I talked about especially in the mafia category like Goodfellas The Godfather mm-hmm. fucking uh casino shit like that like this is like just the television equivalent of that and uh but what's really cool about the Sopranos though is because it was a series and it was like it really revolution because honestly, uh, 
even Brian Cranston, who plays Walter White, he himself has stated there would be no Walter White without Tony Soprano because yeah. uh, it was sort of like the first of its kind. It was like the first sort of ongoing series like that where you had to kind of follow it and, and these characters had fucking arcs and shit, you know, which which actually a lot of people don't realize is actually taken from fucking comic books. Uh, like like arcs and things like that, you know that that was some of the OG shit for that. But yeah, it was like the first show of that kind, and and especially also to give it more specific to the mafia shit. A lot of the movies, sort of, because uh, like with a movie you have like you know anywhere between an hour and a half to like three hours, depending on who's making it, to like tell a whole story. Yeah. Whereas with a show you have so many 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 movie. hours, so. A lot of the gangster movies, even the great ones, they get into... It, it mostly focuses on the gangster shit, which is, you know, what you want to see. Especially going to see a movie. But uh, what was cool about The Sopranos was... So they get into the... They totally don't shy away from all the gangster shit. There's plenty yeah. of that. But uh, what made The Sopranos, like, sort of... Like, what set it apart was that because it was a show, you got to see Tony Soprano, like, after he, like straight murder somebody then you get to see, you follow him back to his house yeah and see him have to like eat dinner at his family and then you'd see him uh one of the biggest characters on the show is his therapist he had and that's like a big part of the show is tony's therapy sessions of him mm -hmm. talking about shit like yeah you got to like it was like the first like mafia thing where you saw where you're like getting to like know the fucking like really know these people and their yeah. families and shit which which is cool because the guy who made it uh he he like he perfectly blended like all the hardcore shit with like almost like sitcom type like family comedy and drama and shit yeah which yeah it just it was like the first it was kind of just like the it sort of set the the tone for a lot of shit so yeah there's the sopranos um, I'm trying to think. So, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, because there's not as many with shows as there is with movies. Yeah, yeah, no. For shows, sure. there's only like a handful. With and with shows, I I would say uh, maybe the first like four or five seasons of Game of Thrones, because that was pretty fucking sick. And then that show kind of took a shit. Mm. And then uh, there's Dexter, Dexter, the first four seasons. There's seven seasons of Dexter, but you only need to watch the first four seasons because the next three seasons were just some of the most... It went That went from one of the best shows I've ever seen to one of the most god-awful shows I've ever seen. Really? Literally, like, because what happened was after season four, they changed their whole crew, the whole crew of show makers and the writers and shit, and they just, they just buried this fucking show. That's always, like, the thing for me. If I'm going to sit down and watch a TV show, especially, like, a long one, especially when you have the shows that are an hour long each yeah. episode, it's like, it, it, I really have to be invested into the story. That's why I think movies are a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you don't need to sit down no, and take same. hours I, and I, hours out of your life to enjoy. I really, I really prefer movies myself as well. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, another essential one too. Now I, I always got to throw a comic book one in there because that's just me. But uh, I would say like the show equivalent to like the Dark Knight trilogy would be uh, what they did 
with both Daredevil on Netflix and but more in particularly for me because one of my second favorite comic book character next to Batman, which is DC on the Marvel side, was always the Punisher. Mm-hmm. And the Netflix Punisher and and goddamn them for canceling that because that was that was gonna be so so incredible it was just gonna go on to get better and better but why'd they cancel it um netflix and and basically marvel and disney and netflix all got into like some sort of money battle with each other and then disney ended up buying a shit ton of marvel shit and putting their shit on their stupid fucking streaming thing that nobody gives a fuck about and uh (laughs) yeah it's just all bullshit but uh, there's there's a little bit of rumors and hope for the Punisher though that he might resurface in in another manner in like a movie or some shit like that. But uh, yeah, so the show only got to have two seasons, man. But I'm telling you, man, as like a true fan of the Punisher and and the comics and and the real, the real true, source material, that like it just it doesn't get better than that. So I would definitely say fuck with the Punisher on. Uh, on Netflix. I got I gotta like make a list. I got a lot of shit I need yeah, to watch. Yeah, yeah. Trying to think of like more shows too, because like I said, shows are hard, you know. Twilight Zone, of course. Oh yeah. Of course. Very familiar. That should with go that. without fucking mentioning. You know, if you haven't seen any Twilight Zone then what are you doing? <laughs> um that paved the way for like everything. Like so much shit. Movies, shows, fucking life even yeah. actual technology and shit like <laughs> um fuck I'm trying to think yeah yeah there's not there's not a whole lot of like serious shows uh one i really liked i don't know if i would call it like quite essential but i really enjoyed it i cuz i was i thought it was going to be horrible but i'm a huge alfred hitchcock fan mm-hmm. love psycho like it's one of my favorite horror movies even to this day yeah, norman me bates too. norman bates is the shit and uh, so I ended up caving in one time and just because my mom watched it and said it was really good. And Bates I, Motel. Yeah, I watched through Bates Motel and I was like, "Me, yeah, I watched that one." Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is actually like pretty solid." Like I thought it was a pretty solid show. So yeah, no, that'd be that's a fun one to watch through. Because yeah, no, they did a lot better of a job than I thought they would mm-hmm. with that. But yeah, no, there's a. Honestly, like, yeah, there's, I think that's about it for shows. There's not that many shows. Yeah. It's like with movies, I could go on fucking forever. And shows are tough because, like, they take up so much time. Well, no, exactly, yeah, exactly what we were just saying. Yeah, Yeah. like, because, yeah, to add to that, yeah, it's like, it's always been easier for me. Like, like I said, the movie is going to tell the whole story in a couple hours. Or, you know, if if you're watching some, like, Nolan shit, it might be, like, three or some Scorsese shit or whatever, but... Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, then some fucking horror, you know, some of the dope movies, like I've seen awesome movies that do it in like an hour and a half. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, fucking, yeah, no, it's like with a show, it's like you see a show and it's got, you know, three or four seasons and each episode is an hour. You're like, that's, and say they got, just for the sake of easy math, let's say it's 10 episodes and they're each an hour. That's, that's 40 hours. That's a whole work mm-hmm. week worth of show that you need to watch through. You know, I, last night I watched uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. Have you seen that one? No, no. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I'll have to fucking check that because I, I read all the books, of course, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. 
I was I thought it was really cool. Like I won't give anything away, but I thought it was really cool how they implemented those stories yeah, into yeah. a movie format. Like into a movie story format. Yeah, it was really cool um what what they did. Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh yeah, that's that's another show that I would almost say is essential too. It's old nineties shit. If you're a nineties kid, fucking the original show for Goosebumps that they made oh, for the yeah. books. That was a uh, obviously great book series. Another thing I have tattooed on me, the haunted mask. Uh, yeah, great book series, but they did a really good job with the nineties show too. That show there was a quite a few episodes that were like genuinely creepy. They. So, this wasn't in the 90s, but they remade that. It wasn't called, like, Goosebumps. It was, like, R.L. Stein's some, something. Yeah. And I remember watching that, and it was the same sort of experience for me, but it, it was newer. And, like, they were able to, at that time, like, at that age, from being, like, a pretty... Like, he, honestly, I watched this even up until the point where until, like, I was 14 and 15... Yeah. And yeah, there were definitely a couple episodes of that show that were like a little fucking like creepy. Yeah, no, I uh, I remember I very recently, it was like a year ago, they were, they had a, uh, I think they took it off. They might put them back on for Halloween, but sometimes, yeah, usually around Halloween time, they throw Goosebumps on Netflix. Yeah. The original series. And uh, yeah, no, I remember watching through, re-watching a couple episodes, man. I'm like, yeah, damn, there's, there's a couple episodes of this. And I'm like, even I was watching, this is like a year ago. I was like, these are like genuinely creepy. I'll have to I'll have to check that out if that comes back. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking great shit. I always loved like those it's like short horror stories. Yeah. In like a film format. Yeah. Or even not even just in a film format, but like written too. I I love short yeah. horror stories. Well, yeah, no, the the one in particular, the one I have on my body, the haunted mask. That one's pretty fucked up. Even for a kid, like a technically a kid story, mm-hmm. yeah, like ba- the basic synopsis is this chick, you know, blah blah blah. This fucking goofy chick, you know, kitty chick, nineties chick goes into a Halloween store and buys this fucking mask. That's technically, or I, I think she like ends up stealing it or something because it's <laughs> like because the guy, it's like, it's this creepy little fucking Halloween shop she finds, and the guy's like, oh, those ones aren't for sale, you know, and then she like grabs it anyway puts it on and it's you know turns out it's like a fucking demon mask and it just gets like suction to her fucking face and like starts like basically possessing her huh. and this is like a kid's story too and i'm like no it's it's fucked up too man and then uh the episode of the show they did they did a tremendously good job we like it's like yeah no like this like, yeah she starts getting this creepy voice and shit too and then as the as the fucking mask like gets more and more to her like it you know it starts like the mouth starts moving and shit, yeah. and it's, like, fucked up. And you're like, wow, this is pretty weird. Yeah, no, and it's, it's nothing but a kid story. And then, uh, yeah, he has this other one, too, that's great. That's called, uh, fucking, uh, Stay Out of the Basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's phenomenal. I still, I still love that episode and that, the book, too, to this day. I remember, so, do you ever listen to, like, short horror story podcasts? No. I didn't know that was a, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. So, like, two years ago, I found this podcast that still goes today. 
Um, and every week they do like two or three new short stories that are like half an yeah. hour, 45 minutes long. And they're just like telling ghost stories. And I listened to a few that were like, they were pretty cool, they weren't, weren't too bad. Yeah. But then there was this one that like still kind of scars me a little bit to this yeah. day. And it was about um, this girl who was home and her parents were gone. And she was having her friend over for the night. And I think they were supposed to be like 13 and 14. Yeah. Like young girls. And the parents are gone for the night. And um, they decide that they want to go out into the woods. So they go out into the woods. They're hanging out in the woods. And they get deep into the woods. And then all of a sudden... They run into this, like, satanic cult that's operating in the woods. Yeah. And then they just get raped. Oh, man. And then their bodies are, like, they're still alive. Are found the next morning. And then one of of the girls ended up killing herself. And and the, the other girl, who is, like... 80 years old at this point is writing yeah. in a journal about the time that she got raped in, yeah, in the woods yeah. by a satanic cult. And I heard that and I was like, fuck. Yeah, it's like, jeez. <laughs> and then there's so many of them. So like this podcast, Creepy in particular, which is which is my favorite, during Halloween, during the entire month of October, every day they put out a new episode. Yeah. And like some of them are kind of lame. Like, more often than not, they end up being, like, kind of lame. But every once in a while, there'll be, like, a really good one. Yeah. Oh, and so there was this other one. It's about this woman who's, like, 26 or 27 years old, and she's driving home, but she was just visiting her mother, who, who was sick. Yeah. And her mother lives, like, four hours away from where she lives. So she's driving and it's the middle of the night and then she starts to get tired so she keeps on trying to find some sort of motel and she arrives at this motel and it ends up being a place that you can never leave when you get there and then slowly she starts finding out from these other people who live there that they've been there for like 30 40 years yeah. And they can't leave. And then this woman, like, slowly goes insane and eventually realizes that she's stuck there for the rest of her life. Oh, shit. It was just, like, little things like that. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that, that reminds me a lot of, like, uh, The End of The Shining, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when, uh, which I, if you haven't seen The Shining, fuck off. Yeah, you know. Yeah, fuck you. I can't. <laughs> You know, yeah, I'm, you know, this is an old-ass movie, so spoiler alert, but fucking, like, with The Shining, when, when the guy, when Grady in there, he's like, you know, you've always been the caretaker. That was always, like, one of my favorite, like, little twists, mm-hmm. like, and then at the very end, when you see him in the picture, like, you, you go to think, like, so there there's a theory that circulated around after the movie came out that, yeah, like, that's, that's sort of what he meant, like, Jack Nicholson is like a reincarnation every time in that he just keeps running that same loop. Because remember how mm-hmm. in the beginning, 
the the guy's like, yeah, so we had a caretaker here, and he fucking went crazy and killed his family, and that's like his ghost just running that shit back over and mm-hmm. over again, you know, because that's obviously what he tries to do in the movie, and then you know, but they get away, and that and when they get away, that sort of breaks the cycle. Yeah, and then he's like cast into the picture. And all that shit, but yeah, no, I always loved that. Where yeah, like, I always thought that was fucking. You've awesome. always been the caretaker, like he's, like that dude's been a ghost in there for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just yeah. So, so that that shit goes. The Shining goes a lot deeper than people even fucking realize. Yeah, that's a, um, and I mean, I read the book too. Yeah, yeah, an incredible story. Yeah, and see, with the Shining is one of those extremely rare situations and it does not happen often extremely rare especially with Stephen King where I I felt like Stanley Kubrick's version of the story was almost better yeah and that's that's extremely rare because in the book it's all happening in his head so you're hearing reading his thoughts all the time yeah yeah you don't get that in the movie and and also in the book, he, he sort of makes it very blatant that there's, like, a supernatural thing going on. Like, there, there's, like, like that whole thing with the hedge maze, the hedge animals coming alive mm-hmm. and shit. Like, that was kind of goofy and shit. Like, there's a little bit of goofy shit that, like, where he's like, no, these are definitely ghosts. Like, Stanley Kubrick, he, like, he made you question it for a while. Where, mm-hmm. it's, where you're sitting there, you're like, are, are the, is this really ghosts? Or are these fucking people just, like, going nuts in this hotel? Like, there, there was so much, like, I don't know. He just, he told that story in a much more, uh, like, disturbing and fucked up way. Yeah. Where, like, I just, I just felt like, yeah, he just, there's one of those extremely rare moments where, where that was better than the book. Oh, you know, yeah. The Shining of the movie is, uh is an absolute classic because they they remade they did a like a made for tv one that was more close to the book and i mean that was pretty good but it's not it's not like stanley Kubrick no. shining like that shit is so like that was one of those movies much like how i was speaking on one of the previous episodes about ari aster's movies like when i first saw the shining i was like maybe 11 or 12 years old and that shit fucked me up for like a good couple of weeks after oh, watching yeah. it, I was like, "Yeah, like there's like like the room two three seven scene with the chick in the bathtub and shit, like all that shit was just like stuck in my head for a minute." You know what I never understood about that movie? Is it at the end of the movie when those two people in the fur suits are like fucking? Yeah, I never could was no matter. I've seen The Shining probably. Maybe like seven times now. Yeah. And I can never figure out what the fuck's going on there. No, with that, I literally think it's just Stanley Kubrick just trying to just be disturbing. Because that's like, yeah, that's what I always thought too. It's just, it's in the climax of the movie and they're, now they're all seeing freaky shit around the hotel. And that's like, you know, she just happens to stumble upon that. You know, it's just I think that was just Stanley Kubrick just inserting his disturbing imagery you're like, yeah, I don't think there was really a storyline point to that at all. <laughs> and another, uh, Stanley Kubrick made one of my favorite movies of all time, fucking Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. That's another, yeah, these two are on the essential list for yeah. sure. Clockwork Orange was, like, disturbing. 
Yeah. But it was hilarious at the same time. Yeah, no, that movie is... Uh, he captured the book of that, because I, I have the book and read that shit, too, and it's like, you know, he really... Because, like, anyone, if you if you read this book, like, because obviously I saw the movie first just because it's being so old and shit. Yeah, yeah, you're not but just going to stumble on as As I was reading the book, I was trying to put myself into the headspace of, like, someone who hadn't seen the movie and was just reading the book. And I'm sitting there like, man, that's that's an amazing talent Stanley Kubrick had to visually adapt this story. Because, <laughs> like, when you're reading it in text form, you're like, man, this is a very very fucking off story yeah and very no, no and, and i mean like i stanley kubrick i think was possibly maybe the only director that might have been able to pull that off. yeah it's just such a strange story yeah like that's one of those like i said another one of those few movies too where like i tell people if you've seen the clockwork orange movie you know you don't absolutely like you wouldn't have to read the book but it would make the book like make obviously sense. yeah like obviously I'd say if you want to read the book by all means because it's because it's phenomenal. I've never read it. I want to read the book. But yeah, but it's like it's one of those like there's movies where you see book adaptations and you're like nah man you should read the book because the book was like way fucking better than this. Mm-hmm. But uh, like a Clockwork Orange isn't the case with that. Like I'll tell like if you've seen the movie I'm like so now if you don't feel like reading the book if you've seen the movie the movie is that good of yeah. an adaptation where like you don't really have to. There's very few that have done that, cause like the like the only other Stephen King one that did that was like Shawshank Redemption, uh, Carrie. Yeah. And Misery. Misery was really. Yeah, good. Misery is fucking boss. And Carrie too, the original Carrie. They remade Carrie like four times for some dumbass reason. I don't know why, but. The original Carrie with Sissy Spacek is like literally like it is the book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's at a point where, like, so many Stephen King books and stories are being created into film and television now. Yeah, yeah. No, they, and they always have been, like, for the pat for as long as he's been around. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, you think about it, like, there was that whole 80s surge, like, with Carrie and all that. There was that complete 80s surge of all the Stephen King movies. You had yeah. Carrie, like, uh, Christine, the original Pet Cemetery, fucking. Like, yeah, all these fucking movies coming out, so that dude's been just... And now even, like, his son, Joe Hill, already has two TV shows. Yeah. And I think they made a movie. Yeah, yeah. They're currently making a movie off of, uh... Off of, uh, one of Stephen King's newer books that he wrote in 2015 that, uh, I'm excited about. Which was that, it's Revival? Called, yeah, Revival. I, that was a phenomenal book. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's sort of his homage to H.P. Lovecraft. That's mm-hmm. like his little, uh, his little fucking tribute to him. Yeah, that was an incredible story. Yeah, because he even keeps putting his quote throughout that story as like one of the pivotal, like story points of the of the fucking book is mm-hmm. is the H.P. Lovecraft quote, and uh, yeah, no, so they're making that into a movie. So that should be yeah, if they I'm do that right, that should be boss. That. It'd be cool almost, too, if it was, like, a Netflix thing, too. Like, they just dropped it. You could just watch it. They have... So, one one book that I feel like really should be made into a movie just because it's that good of a story is this book called uh, Black Chalk, which um, 
is one of my favorite books of of all time. Yeah. Um, I've read it more recently, like within the past three years or so, and without like really trying to give it away, it's about these kids who get together at, um, I think it was Cambridge, and they're all like rich kids. Yeah. And they all get together and start playing this game. And then throughout the course of the book, the game becomes like more and more dangerous. Yeah. And then the idea is that the person who's writing this book, because of this game that they played, has lived his adult life in his house and refuses to go outside because of how mentally fucked he is after they played that game. That was just... I remember reading that and being like, wow, this... Yeah. It it was just an incredible story. And that... His name's Christopher J. Yates, who wrote that book. And then he wrote a second book called Gristmill Road, which is equally good, if not fucking better, than Black Chalk was. And it sucks because he's been, like, dormant for, like, the past three years. Hasn't done yeah. shit. So it's like, I, I really hope he writes another book sometime soon. Because his writing is some some of the best, like, I've read as far as just insane stories. Yeah, I have to fucking check that out. Fucking, uh... A story that I would always want made proper. It's been made into several movies, famous movies. It's one of the most famous stories ever is Frankenstein. Yeah. Fucking, so obviously, like, of course I love the old black and whites. You know, Mm -hmm. those, those, like, what they would do with those is because they couldn't really make movies that long back then. They could only make movies, like, an hour and ten minutes back then. That's all, like, fucking 1930s film reel was doing. And, uh... So they would take, like, little bits and pieces of the original source material and, like, Mm -hmm. weave it into whatever, like, you know, 1930s kind of plots they had back then. And that's how you got all those old horror films. You know, they would take, like, bits and pieces of the source material and they would stretch it out into, like, you know, Five Frankenstein where you had, you know, Frankenstein and then you had, like, House of Frankenstein and Mm -hmm. all that shit. Return, yeah, Bride of Frankenstein, and like the you know the all the Dracula movies, all the Wolfman movies, yeah, and that's how it went. But uh, then uh, then they they did do two more sort of remakes. There's one that's pretty decent, but not great in my opinion. Is with with De Niro too, of all people. The you know De Niro's obviously always great, but the movie itself isn't that great. But yeah, they, it's called just Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which goes pretty close to the book but you know it's just i don't know it's just kind of a weird movie Mm -hmm. and then they made another one where they it's like uh it's like a total independent version where it's uh but they bring it into like modern day so it's like the story but the the modern version of it and i thought this shit was ass like it was a cool concept that like when i saw the trailer i was like oh this could be fucking sick like yeah frankenstein now like like that that would be pretty sick but they, it was the movie was fucking trash but uh no that's one of those stories where i always felt like if you got like a real serious fucking director and uh 
you know, even a guy like Ari Aster, if he were to make Frankenstein, Frankenstein, like either Ari Aster or even maybe even more so Robert Eggers, because I feel like he might do a better job. Yeah, right. Ro- yeah, Robert Eggers is more yeah like historical period mm-hmm. piece kind of thing. Or if you had like Robert Eggers make his like and make it like a fucking two and a half hour long like fucking seriously like in depth depth fucking version of of the book but like well done and well acted and like on a serious level i can't wait to see the new robert eggers movie i don't know when it's gonna come out but yeah 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 no that dude uh i'm definitely on board with that guy i'm gonna have to watch the layouts again too yeah i want to do like a run through have like a movie night where I watch The Witch and The Lighthouse back to back. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would definitely do that. Cause I watched The Witch once and saw The Lighthouse once. Same, yeah. I've only I've seen both his movies one time, but I loved them both. Yeah, both really good movies. Have you seen The Lobster? No, I've I've heard of it though. That's another uh, a twenty four film. Yeah. That's kind of in line with, like a, those kinds of movies, but yeah. in a completely different way. Yeah. Yeah, it was made by like some foreign director. Yeah, no, I totally heard of it. Um, that was a really good movie, really weird movie, but a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah, A twenty four is good for that. You know, some mm-hmm. fucking offbeat shit. It's it's always some offbeat shit with them. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I'm excited to see, and I have no idea how long a wait it's going to be before a new Ari Aster movie comes out. Yeah, both of those dudes probably got a little a little ways to go. And especially after Corona went and fucked yeah, everything yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, no, what's cool, what's cool about uh, both The Witch and The Lighthouse, too, is those are movies that, that do it in, like, an hour and a half. Like, The Witch is only, like, an hour and a half long, but that's a... Yeah, that's, that's a, a pretty fucking serious. intense hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good-ass movie. Yeah, that's, that's one that falls right in line with, like... That's essential horror, for sure. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, folk horror. Yeah, yeah, because that's its own category for me, too, is essential horror. Oh, oh, absolutely. See, the horror movies, I've seen a lot of those. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, n- another one that fucked me up when I saw it at a young age, too, which Ari Aster took a lot from this movie, especially in Hereditary in particular, is Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, that was another one. Like, no jump scare, no nothing. It's like, but that movie is just so, like, uncomfortable, to keep watching, you know. I think the best horror movies are ones that don't really have any yeah, jump Yeah, yeah, no, that's the way to do it. Like, that's what The Shining does. That's what, like, all the great ones do. The fucking Omen. Because you don't need to rely on some cheap Yeah, trick, yeah, so. no, that's... It's more of a... I remember I heard, a, like, a good director that was... They did an interview with him, and they asked him, like, why he didn't do that in his movies. He's like, no, because that's more of, like, a reflex. That's not fear. That's not something that's like I want to make something that's like uncomfortable like yeah, yeah that's like real I think the conjuring did a really good job yeah. like a mix between both yeah cuz yeah. it had the jump scares but had them in places that made sense and yeah. it was a very disturbing story Oh yeah yeah no that was a good one the kind of, the first conjuring was dope 
and then yeah you know those all kind of spun off and into like all the other shit they were doing but that first conjuring was dope but then uh another one yeah that mixed it perfectly well too i think was the original blair witch yeah yeah because that that had it like in the moments where like yeah and there was like no because obviously that was like found footage style too so there's no score to back it up yeah so yeah yeah, that then it was like even more real because yeah because that's like a lot of times with that jump scare too it's assisted by that stupid like dun you know the fucking the score the music does it too and they get so predictable too like yeah. in a lot of horror movies i know when a fucking jump scare is about to happen oh yeah even if i haven't seen the movie i know it's about oh to yeah happen. no they it's become it's become a gimmick it's, it's set up a, so yeah it's just become the cliche where like you know the setup's coming oh yeah another essential horror movie i think i wanted to mention this on the last podcast it was yeah i'm glad it pops into my head now is uh, because the rest of the series is is like oddly enough not horror, all made by the same director. Mm-hmm. But the very first Evil Dead, if you've ever seen that, because like because the Evil Dead is known now for being that kind of like stupid almost comedy, like yeah, you know, fucking dude, yeah, Bruce Campbell running around, fucking shooting people and shit, like no, and it's great though. It's like it's it's good shit. Like Evil Dead two and three are great, and the the series they did was great for a while too. That Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, I saw a little yeah, bit that of that. Yeah, that was uh, that was great. But the original Evil Dead movie, just the Evil Dead, the first one, is a full blown horror movie. Like no comedy, and it and it's a very fucked up horror movie, in that right too. And it's one of those I always tell people that they should see that one too. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm like the yeah the first Evil Dead is like, it's so different from the whole rest of that franchise. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah yeah for whatever reason yeah I, I don't know uh, cause like when you watch Evil Dead two, here's how weird this movie series is. It's it, I'm, it's never made any kind of sense to me, and yeah. I don't think it made sense to Sam Raimi who made it either. He just it's just what happened. The second Evil Dead 2 is actually a remake of the first movie, but like comedy version. Mm-hmm. So he basically made the same movie twice, but the second one is like the funny version of the first movie. Yeah. Which is like, it's very weird. I mean, it's good shit, but it's weird. But yeah, no, the first the first Evil Dead is fucking boss. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah, around Halloween, they always, they usually always put that one on Netflix, so... That'll be one to look yeah, for. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's just straight up the Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna gonna wrap this up here because I I'm fucking starving. I'm gonna make some yeah. lunch. But um, yeah. So if you're listening to this, um, you want to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts? Go for it. You don't want to? You don't have to. If you want to leave a comment, if you like us, hate us, whatever it is, just let us know. And uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week.